Oh no! you motherfuckers my name is darian i am back for another week of horror bullshit yes nonsense yes uh movies probably books yeah a little bit maybe i don't know uh video games quite possibly also it's a solo show you fuckers god damn it i am sorry it is a solo show tonight it's just me and myself and a little more me that's what you're stuck with. No, Jason. Uh, he's got more important things to do. I'm sure Buddy does also. <laughs> so it's just me, you fuckers. God damn it, get used to it. I think this is how it's going to be for a little while. It's okay. That's okay. I can do it myself. I'll do it my goddamn self. I don't mind. I don't mind coming in here. Really, this hour and change that I come in here is the only reprieve I get from my kids. It's the one night a week where I don't have to take them to any kind of practice or... Uh, really, I can just kind of come in this room and close the door and pretend I'm single again until the padded room is over, and then I have to go back to being dad and a husband and all that stuff. God damn it! Whatever. It's fine. I don't mind. Uh, yeah, dudes. Uh, what what did you guys miss? I, uh, we we did made my wife's annual uh, trip to the cabin in the woods for her birthday. Every year, uh, you, some of you guys might remember, I take her and the family up to a cabin in the woods... And that's where we spend her birthday. We invite all of our friends, and most of them make it. Sometimes, sometimes they don't. Uh, we basically just get slovenly drunk and then go to Donner Lake. The cabin is right up off of Donner Pass. For those of you that aren't in northern Nevada, that is the site of the infamous Donner Party. Yeah, we named a pass after him and a lake. The lake is actually pretty sweet. It's my, I think it's better than Tahoe. And it's never as crowded, and it's a little bit warmer. So if you find yourself in the northern Nevada area and you're saying to yourself, I, I want to go see a, a body of water where some cannibalism took place, Donner Lake, dude. It's right there. It's the same distance. It's, it's a smaller lake, but not as many people know about it. So there's that. And I, I always have a great time up there. A lot cheaper, a lot more parking, not as many douche nozzles. There's not as many places to eat either, but that kind of adds to the, the quaintness, I think. I think. Uh, so that's what we did. And then we got fucking rained on, bros. Yeah, we got to spend like two hours at the lake, and then we got rained out and had to go back to the cabin, where we pretty much just drank ourselves to death and played board games for the rest of the night. Uh, I think a good time was had by many, or most, or at least a small minority. I don't know. 
Right on, dudes. We got a regular horror show to get into here. Horror news, listener mail, all the usual shenanigans. Why don't I kick it off with a little of the old horror news, you buttholes? Horror news. Ooh, horror news. Dudes, trailers are already up for season four of Creep Show. Um, I'm into it. It uh it's uh it uh but uh thing thing about Shudder's Creep Show, um pretty good, but it's in the same vein as a um I guess it tales from there. It's a horror anthology series, obviously. Episodes usually about a half hour. And there's usually some funny or ironic twist at the end. You know what I mean? Um, tales from the Crypt, though, I think a little bit better, if you ask me. And the reason why is because those ones... Tales from the Crypt had, was on HBO, and it, got, it basically had an R rating. So there's plenty of boobs and stuff in the Tales from the Crypt. I could point you to a, a episode directed by... Um, Oh, fuck. Um, the fucking guy. It had Heavy D in it and Elias Coteus as a rock star. And uh, there was... Ba- oh, uh, what's her name? Tia Carrere was in it also. And um, there was another chick, and she didn't have her tits in, I don't think, for more than five seconds during the whole show. They were out, and there was a lot of sex scenes. And if you're a uh, a young... I don't know, 11, 12-year-old horror fan who got a free pass to watch Tales from the Crypt, you could easily squeeze one out. Not so much with Creep Show. Um, a lot of a lot of gratuitous blood and guts and stuff, but uh, there's always some kind of like feel-good ending there at the end. Either way, I'll check it out. Why not? Uh, Arrow Video has discovered and will be releasing a director's cut of a movie... That you probably didn't think you wanted a director's cut of. It's Hellraiser Bloodline. Okay? Now, I'm a Hellraiser guy. You guys know that about me. You know it to be true. Um, Hellraiser, loved it. Hellraiser 2, a little confused, but still loved it. Hellraiser 3, uh... <laughs> um, uh I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that one. Hellraiser 4, I didn't think... Was, Hellraiser 4 was Bloodline. I didn't think it was that bad. Um, it kind of did like the uh, the future and the past and the you know the creation of Le Marchand's box and uh, the necromancer and Angel- Angelique, who I thought was very sexy and all kinds of that stuff. Uh, universally panned, I think, by horror heads and critics. I didn't think it was that bad of a show. Um, I liked the, the backstory, you know, cause leading up to it, we didn't really know much about the Cenobites or where the fuck that box came from. And, uh, the spaceship stuff was a little wacky. I'll give you that. And so was the, uh, uh, architecture stuff when it, when it cut to present day, but I liked the backstory with the necromancer. So I'm going to check, I will, I will check this out if it ever actually sees the light of day. I'm interested um, that is officially when I, that, that was after Hellraiser 4, what, what came after that? Hellraiser Inferno, I think, Hellraiser Debtor, uh, Hellraiser, uh, Hellworld, one of them was like, uh, uh, 
Pinhead became like a crime kingpin, which was fucking dumb. There was another one with, uh, oh, Ashley Lawrence came back for one of them. That didn't make a whole lot of sense either. It's fine. Uh, but Hellraiser Bloodline, to me, is where that's about as far as you need to go. And you could probably skip Hellraiser 3. The fucking bartender Cenobite, that really pissed me off. You know what I mean? Here's a Cenobite that makes cocktails and then blows them at you. And then you got CD head Cenobite. You got uh, chain smoker Cenobite, who is still kind of sexy. You got uh, weird horny Cenobite that just has a, like a pounding dildo in his head. Okay, we got, we, we've officially strayed from the source material here, my friends. Enough about that. What else do we have here? Talk to me. Uh, you've probably seen it. I have not. Uh, from what I hear, it's pretty good. A24 release. It's going to hit Blu-ray and 4K this October. So you'll have it in time to play it at your Halloween party or make it part of your 31 for 31 playlist. What else we got here? Here's something you don't want for your 31 for 31 playlist. Halloween 4K Trilogy Steelbook is also being released. Okay, all right. Now, here's the question I pose to you, inmates. Halloween, not not too shabby. Uh, Halloween Kills, not that bad at all. I mean, it had its flaws, but I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, Halloween Ends. Did that just ruin the whole trilogy for you? I kind of feel like it did. I kind of feel like it did for me. So I don't know if I even want to go back and revisit Halloween and Halloween Ends because that fucking fucking motherfucker. Don't get me started. You know, I know, I know. I'm preaching to the chorus. I'm not going to go off on a goddamn rant here because I've yet to meet a single person that liked Halloween Ends. So I'm just going to just... I, I don't think I need that trilogy now. I think I can. Uh, I think we can write them all, despite the fact that there was some good stuff uh, in Halloween and Halloween Kills. Uh, but still, dude, that 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 I, I can't. I can't even with it. I'm sorry. I would love maybe maybe I will, and then I'll just never watch it. But then, but then I feel like I'm contributing to the problem if I buy the trilogy because you know it's bad. It's bad. It, we uh, I don't know. All right, whatever. Uh, what else we have here? Anthology 2 is coming out. Now, what this is, my friends, John Carpenter released a album uh, about a year ago, a year ago called Anthology. And it was basically just uh, uh, movie themes. And now he's doing Anthology 2. It's going to cover uh, his movie themes from 1976 to 1988. You're going to get your escape from New York. You're going to get your Halloween, your uh, The Fog, um, Big Trouble in Little China, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe a Christine in there. I don't remember a theme from Christine, but you might you might get it in there. Uh, I'll probably pick this one up. I like John Carpenter. It's uh, I, I think of it as like gym music, you know, because there's no words. You don't have to worry about singing along or anything, but it's very driving and you get that syntho beat that, you know, you know, you love it. It's great. Uh, anyway, that's going to hit. Um, that's probably already out, actually, now that I look at the article. So that's something to think about, inmates. I think it's time for some listener mail, you fucking assholes.
Listener mail. Yes, ma'am. I actually do have an email this week. Uh, Let me pull it out of my pocket here. Let's see what we got here. Let's kick things off with an email. Uh, This one is coming from our main man, Tony, down in SoCal. Subject line, Darian is a turd. Oh, boy. There's an attachment here. Uh, it is gay pornography. Thank you very much, Tone, for that. With mine and Buddy's head superimposed on the two gentlemen. Uh, it's a, uh, a uh, that is a, I think it's a VHS uh, box for a gay uh, porno film called Pacific Rim. And uh, I went, dude, I wish I had a body like that. I wish I had 45 years old. If I had a body like this guy that you put my head on top of. I would be, that would be okay. I probably would not, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let Buddy look at my dick the way that this dude is, but it's still, I would like to look like him, not, you know, do that stuff. Uh, thank you very much, Tony, for, um, the hard work and the artwork and the hard artwork. <laughs> you nasty man. All right. Uh, that's all I got in the listener mail. Uh, thank you very much, Tony. Uh, let's see what we got here on some voicemails, huh? Let's get down to our main man in Alabama. Alan of the Cha-Cha has arrived. Padded room, what's up? What's up, Alan? Oh, calling in early, so I don't okay. fuck up and forget what I was talking about. Terror Dome. Yeah. Give me Frank Zito, because I'm fucking sick of elevated horror. I, I agree. Kitties and blood. I agree. Uh, Mr. Gary, your Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. You are correct. Meat Hook. Traumatizing horror movies. What do you think? Uh, Pet Cemetery, the original. I get that. That scared the shit out of me. I get that. That's number one. Okay. Number two was Real Little, Return of the Living Dead. Ah, uh, yes. That scared the shit out of me was about zombies. Me too. I saw that before I saw Night. Yeah. And number three, <clears throat> I'm going to go with uh, the original Carrie. I saw that when I was real young. Okay. And... That hand popping out of the grave at the end got That me. got everybody, man. Uh, that's about it. I'll talk to y'all later. Have a good one. Beautiful. Right. Thanks for calling in, Alan. Dude, the, the hand at the end of Carrie, if you didn't jump the first time you saw that, you should probably be checked for a pulse. That thing got everybody, Alan. Don't feel bad about that. It was a good show up till then. Um, stay away from the 1998 remake starring Angela Bettis. Uh, and uh, what's her name there? Uh uh, fucking uh, old Tits McGee, uh, Tiffany, uh, American Mary. What's her name? Not Tiffany Sheppis. Oh, fuck. What is her name? Um, it's uh, Catherine Isabel. She's in there, too. Uh, she kind of takes over the role of PJ Soul's character. Uh, it's dog shit. It was made for TV. Heavy on the uh, CGI. And they really fucked up the ending. I'm not going to say anything more about it other than to tell you not to waste your fucking time on that. Uh, what else did he, did he have here? Um, Return of the Living Dead. That one got me too, man. And it was because uh, mostly I thought those the, the punk rocker kids would be too tough for the zombies. They weren't. And I never saw a zombie run or talk or use tools before. Fuck me all up. I think I was... Uh, I'm going to come out in 86, so I must have been uh, 9 when I saw it. 
Probably shouldn't have seen it at the ripe old age of nine, but I did because my parents didn't give a shit. Uh, he called back. What's up this time, Alan? Hey, Adam, what's up? What's up? So I thought I might give you all what I watched this week, and we'll try and watch Dead String tonight. Oh, I you're going to love it. The Sadness. Okay. That movie was amazing. I loved it. That's then a- I watched Psycho Gorman. I really, really liked it. I liked that. And then, even though, you know, you all said it was shit, and everybody said it was shit, I decided to watch Veronica. Did you not oh, believe God. us? And I'm a huge Danzig fan. I am too! That movie is a piece of fucking garbage. It's true! Oh, God, what was Glenn doing, smoking, whatever. Anyway, then I watched Tetsuo Iron Man, and I really, really liked it. Did uh, you now? So that's all I got. Y'all have a good one. Bye. Beautiful. Thanks for calling back, Alan. All right, let's break this down real quick, shall we? Uh, Tetsuo Iron Man. Um, that is a movie <laughs> about a guy that is slowly turning into a giant scrap heap. And uh, lucky for him, though, his girlfriend has a fetish about putting metal inside her. It's ja- it's a hey, it's Japanese. And uh, I could be completely wrong about that. Alan, if you want to know more, if you are intrigued by Tetsuo Iron Man, go to um, Shudder. Go to Joe Bob Briggs, Last Drive-In. He did the full rundown on Tetsuo Iron Man. Played it on the drive-in, and he came in with his commentary, explained what the hell was going on. Uh, Does that make it better or worse? I don't know. I don't know. I just, dude... When it comes to the weird Japanese stuff, or weird French stuff, or weird, uh, I don't know, uh, fucking Salvadorian stuff, I, I don't know why I threw Salvadorians in there. When it comes to weird foreign stuff, I just have to assume that somebody somewhere gets it, and I'm not smart enough for it. That's it. That's all I can say. Um, what else? Psycho Goreman. Uh, that is basically a horror version of... Um, what do you call their uh, uh, fucking Power Rangers, I feel like. Um, but the two kids in that movie are my son and my daughter to a T. <laughs> my daughter isn't quite on that level of crazy yet, but she's rapidly approaching it. Uh, Psycho Gorman, The Sadness. That's a good one. Um, that's got a line in that movie. I forget, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase here, but it's, one of the characters said something to the effect of, I just fucked your friend's eye socket and her juice is drying on my dick and now I'm going to do the same to you or something like that. <laughs> wow! Korean, right? Again, weird weird foreign stuff. I'm not smart enough to get, except that that, that movie I do get, it's just balls to the wall, fucking bananas. That's all there is to it. Uh, what else? Uh, Deadstream. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. You're going to love that. Horror comedy, found footage. Uh, uh, you'll be hard-pressed to find a bigger vagina in a horror movie than the guy in Deadstream. I think you're going to like that one. I'm waiting. That, supposedly going to get a physical release at some point this year. I'm going to jump on that one as soon as it comes out. And that is all we have on Listener Mail, my friends. Thank you very much, Tony and Alan. You guys are fucking rock stars. You already knew that. Now, are you ready to listen to me stumble my way through Donnie Darko? Here you go. It was as though this plan had been with him all his life, pondered through the seasons. Now, in his 15th year, crystallized with the pain of puberty. (laughs) 
So, why'd you move here? My mom had to get a restraining order against my stepdad. He has emotional problems. Oh, I have those too. What kind of emotional problems does your dad have? I met a new friend. Real or imaginary? Wake up, Tony. Imaginary. I'm going to tell you a little story today about a young man whose life was completely destroyed by these instruments of fear. I haven't seen stuff. Donnie is experiencing what is commonly called a daylight hallucination. <laughs> I have to obey him. He saved my life. Have you ever seen a portal? Has he ever told you about his friend Frank, the giant bunny rabbit? The what? Every living thing follows along set path, and... If you could see your path or channel, then you could see into the future, right? I'm not going to be able to continue this conversation. Don't worry. You got away with it. What is going to happen? I only have a few days left before they catch me. Stop. You should already know that. Daddy, daddy, it is Donnie Darko from 2001, written and directed by Richard Kelly. Got eight stars on IMDb. Eight of them. How How did that... I don't know. I don't know. This movie gets a lot of love. I'm not 100% sure why. Maybe you guys can explain it to me. It's rated R. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Jenna Malone. It's got an ensemble cast. That might have something to do with it. You'll also find a Seth Rogen, a Drew Barrymore, a Noah Wilde, uh, other people in there uh, that don't immediately come to mind. It's got it's got some star power behind it somehow. <clears throat> um, our movie starts, <clears throat> excuse me, with a kid played by Jake Gyll- Gyllenhaal waking up in the middle of a mountain road. Uh, it's like as the sun's coming up, he wakes up. He's laid in the middle of the road. He looks around. He's still in his pajamas. Looks around, finds his bike. It's about uh, three feet off the road. Gets on the bike and rides home. Um, okay, that's pretty weird. Uh, from there, we're going to get a pretty pristine snapshot of uh, upper class middle America life in the late 1980s. You got to remember something, inmates. This movie takes place in 1988. And I can say that because there's some references made throughout the film that will really zero in on what what year this mo- this this time frame is happening in. So uh, we get we follow the kid home. He rides his bike to a very affluent neighborhood. Nice big house. Uh, nice family. He's got a, a older sister, a younger sister, two parents. Big big house. Nice neighborhood. You're gonna love it. Uh, from there we get, uh, you know, basic snapshot of day-to-day life with him 
uh, bickering with his uh, his parents and his sister. Um, apparently, we're going to meet this dude. His name is the titular Donnie Darko, played by Jake Gyllenhaal. He's got a bit of a problem with sleepwalking, obviously, to start with. He's uh, medicated for that and other things. He also sees a therapist once a week. Um, really, he has nothing to complain about, uh, given his status in life, I guess. Uh, he gets a little, so you get a very comedic scene that night at dinner where, uh, him and his sister are going back and forth using cuss words, but in a very weird way, like he calls her a butt fuck and then she tells him to suck a fuck. <laughs> He's like, oh, real nice. How exactly does one suck a fuck? And he's like, would you want you want me to show you? It's very strange. Remember that those arguments you'd get into when you were kids, and uh, you you know you want to insult the person, and you know you've got some bad words in your back pocket, but you're not 100 percent sure what they mean, so you just throw them out there. Hey, eat my cum, whore, dildo. <laughs> oh yeah, those are that's good times. Uh, they both get excused to their room, and then uh, from there we get a dream sequence from Donnie where he, again, uh, goes sleepwalking, but this time we kind of get to see it from his perspective. Uh, basically what happens is he, he goes to bed, everything's cool, he takes his pills, uh, at some point in the night he gets summoned by this, uh, um, well it starts off as a disembodied voice basically being like, hey, come outside and come with me. So he does that, and he gets on his bike again and takes off. Um, we don't get to see where this voice is coming from just yet, but we will very soon. This time he wakes up uh, out on a golf course, and while he's sleeping it off out on the golf course, basically his entire house gets destroyed. Well, a good chunk of his house gets destroyed. Uh, there's like a seismic event as uh, his sister is sneaking back in, Excuse me, and then uh, mom and dad jump up and they go running around. And basically, what we find out the next morning after Donnie wakes up on the golf course is that a airplane engine fell off at some point during the night as a plane was flying over and landed right in the Darko house. But it would have killed Donnie because it smashed right through his bedroom. But luckily, he uh, was sleepwalking that night and he was out on the golf course. Now, when he wakes up on the golf course. Uh, the disembodied voice tells him when the world's going to end, and it's 28 days from now, uh, X amount of hours, X amount of minutes, so on and so forth. When Donnie gets woken up, it's by two dudes. One of them will recognize as Patrick Swayze. Now, we're going to get more into Patrick Swayze and his character here in a second. Uh, Donnie makes it home. His parents are very happy to see him. Oh my God, you're alive. Yay. So everybody's alive. Uh, some dudes from the FAA show up and they're like, Hey, we're going to pay to fix your house. Let's put you guys up in a hotel in the meantime. So they go stay at the hotel. Donnie goes to school. We get some quick snippets of Donnie's school life. Uh, there's a couple of bullies running around played by some jack off and, uh, Seth Rogen is the other bully. I don't know if you remember him being in this or not, but he actually kind of played, he was a bigger dude back then, and he made a pretty good bully, I thought, I mean, he's only got like three or four lines in the whole movie, um, so that's fun, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, it's just, tip. it's very typical, um, it's more like mid-90s school life than it is early or late 80s, so, you know, 
You got like a, a lot of emo haircuts and, you know, dipshits like that. Uh, a new girl shows up, played by Jenna Malone. Her name is Gretchen Ross. And uh, Jenna Malone, I've always found Jenna Malone attractive, except in Neon Demon, where she did that weird thing with her nipples. Um, I was not a big fan of that, but I thought she was great in The Ruins. I thought she was pretty hot there. Uh, she's got like a demure schoolgirl thing going on here. It's fine. Um, basically, from there, we're getting... Okay, so... This movie is kind of hard to track because it's all over the fucking place. And there's a lot of things that I feel... This is a two-hour fucking movie, inmates. And there's a lot of things I feel that don't need to be in the movie. For example, now at this point, we're going we're gonna to hop off the Donnie Darko train... And we're going to hop on to the uh, two teachers kind of possibly getting ready to fuck each other uh, train. One of them played by Drew Barrymore, who's an English teacher. The other one played by Noah Weil, who I believe is some kind of a science teacher. Uh, They're both young and attractive teachers. And uh, Drew Barrymore plays this kind of aloof character where she's going to, you know, break down modern society via English literature from the 1800s. Whatever the fuck, man. I don't care. And Noah Weil is there, and he's trying to get to the whole shit. Um, Donnie gets picked up from school that day and goes home. And on the way home, his dad almost runs over an old lady on her way to get the mail. And this is where we're going to meet Grandma Death. Uh, She's basically a crazy old lady that lives on the edge of town. And all day, every day, all she does is walk out to her mailbox, check the mail, go back inside. Over and over and over and over and over again. And there's never any mail in the mailbox, which really sucks for her. Okay, it's going to come into play later. Um, from there, we're going to go to Donnie's, uh, ther- one of many of Donnie's therapist sessions, where he's explaining, he's going to explain to his therapist that he made an imaginary friend named Frank. Okay, hang out with me on this. We don't know what Frank looks like yet, but he's there and he's an imaginary friend. And uh, Donnie goes on about, you know, how he's having trouble at school because there's chicks and school's bullshit and typical teenage stuff, right? We all went through that phase of, I got it all figured out, man. I'm not going to do your, I'm not going to play your fucking game. You're scared of me. Most of us grew out of that uh, when we realized that mom and dad weren't going to pay our bills forever. unfortunately um okay great uh donnie goes back his his house has now been completely rebuilt well the damaged parts have been completely rebuilt he's got like a brand new room everything's cool um from there he goes to bed and then he has another dream sequence slash um sleepwalking episode this time we're gonna get to see frank now, if you've seen this movie, you know what Frank looks like. He's basically a big bunny um, with a jacked-up face. And it's clearly a guy in a bunny. It's like a cheap costume, but with a jacked-up uh, face, kind of intimidating-looking bunny dude. I don't know. I don't know how you explain that. It's kind of cartoonish, really. Uh, Donnie walks out of the house in his sleepwalking state. Frank hands him an axe, and he's like, You know what you need to do. And then Donnie goes to the school and breaks in. And chops a big hole in, I guess, a water main somehow, and then sleepwalks himself back to uh, back to bed. After that, apparently, uh, this town is all of about four blocks, and one of those blocks is the high school, and that's it. Because that's oh, there's a movie theater too, but we'll get into that later. 
So, excellent. Well done. Good job, Frank. Good job, Donnie. Donnie doesn't remember any of that, of course, so he gets up the next morning and um, gets ready for school, goes and hangs out with his lackeys there at the bus stop, and they're like, hey, yeah, and then uh, some random chick, chick comes up and she's like, hey, school's canceled. There's some kind of a flood or something. You can get to go home. And they're like, what? Yeah! Awesome! So they all go, everybody goes home, but right as Donnie's on his way to walk home from the bus stop, he sees Seth Rogen and his bully friend uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, not really harass. well, I guess kind of harassing, but um, basically kind of, I don't know, just being dickholes to uh, Jenna Malone's character, Gretchen. So he goes over there and he helps me. He's like, hey, fuck off, you dirt, dirks. <laughs> I called him Dirks. <laughs> That's not what he said. I don't know what he said. But um, Jenna's like, oh my God, will you walk me home? And Donnie's like, yeah, come on. So they walk home and then we get like a whole backstory about um, Gretchen's family. Uh, I guess her mom has a restraining order against her stepdad because he stabbed her a couple of times and then uh, disappeared. The cops haven't caught him yet. Very scary. Uh, Donnie's like, oh, I got emotional problems too. Let me tell you about my baggage. And she's like, oh, you're weird. And he's like, oh yeah. And she's like, I meant that as a compliment. And then at the end of this walk, uh, Donnie's like, hey, you want to go out with me and be my girlfriend? And she's like, sure. So there's that. Excellent. Away they go. Now he's young and in love and she is, uh, mildly tolerating him, I think is the best way to describe that. So uh, he goes off to the therapist again. This time he's very excited and he's telling the therapist about this female friend. And the therapist is like, okay, homeboy, we're going to try a new tactic on you on you today. We're going to come in from the side door. What I'm going to do is hypnotize your ass. And then maybe then we can get to the bottom of this uh, Frank and the bunny guy and what, what the hell's going on here. So he's like, okay, yeah. She hypnotizes him, puts him under. He immediately just starts talking about which chicks at school he wants to bang and uh, is quite literally on the way to rubbing one out there on the therapist's couch. That's when she snaps him out of it. And he's like, oh, God, what? Hey, my pants, my dick is out. Oh, so I'm so sorry. And uh, that's going to wrap that up. Okay, very cool. Now, I'm I'm running through this, inmates, and the reason why is because there is a lot of Oh, conversations about existential dread, a lot of, um, um, you know, metaphors for growing up and how everything is bullshit and things like that. So we're going to cut to the next day at school after, uh, I'm going to, I'm I, I don't want I don't want to do the deep dive and run you through this scene by scene because it will literally take me. Uh, at least three hours if I do that. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to give you the 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 fucking Donnie Darko for dummies version. Okay, just bear with me. Go to school the next day uh, after they get the flood cleaned up, and then they're like, "Hey, um, our dance coach, Miss Parker, Kitty Parker, is uh, she's bringing in this motivational speaker played by Patrick Swayze, guy by the name of Jim Cunningham." And he's got this whole Tony Robbins routine down about how uh, it's it's horseshit. Uh, everything is fear, and you need to control your fear with using love. So there's a fear and love spectrum, and she's running she's running her class through this this fucking 
infomercial or whatever you this cult indoctrination and donnie's like yeah i think this is horse shit life doesn't work this way and she's like you're failing the assignment god damn it so um that happens it introduces this jim cunningham character who apparently also lives in the neighborhood uh he's got a couple of books out and miss parker is just absolutely enthralled with him and she's uh about to take her little dance team to the uh uh talent show so uh that's good news uh the bad news though is that jim is doing like a full-on assembly presentation for the school the next day so he basically gets up there and runs everybody through their bullshit uh one kid's like how do i learn to fight and jim is like hey instead of fighting and acting out with violence try responding with love and then donnie gets up there and he's like hey how about instead of this nonsense you tell him to kick the guy in the nuts next time and then donnie actually makes a lot of good points that kind of dispel everything that jimmy jim is saying but then jim's like you see that that is a young man controlled by fear right there. And he needs to overcome that. Eventually, the principal comes and, like, escorts Donnie off. And uh, because Donnie, like, got told Ms. Parker to, <laughs> to stick it up her ass, she uh, he got suspended also. So that's a thing. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to go back to the, the dark Darko household. Donnie takes his pills and he's sitting on the couch watching football with his dad and a couple of friends. And now he sees like a weird, um, what I can only describe as some kind of a gel worm thing come out of his dad's chest and kind of float around the house. So he's like, oh, that's interesting. But he thinks he's hallucinating. But then he gets up to go to the bathroom and a gel worm thing comes out of his chest and goes traipsing around the house so he follows the gel worm thing and it takes him upstairs to his dad's bedroom and to a closet where there's a gun in the closet okay interesting what does that mean i don't know so at that point uh he starts having these conversations with noah wilde's character about like time travel and things like that and dimensional rifts and all this fun stuff excuse me and um Eventually, he comes to like some weird conclusions that God has a like a trajectory for you, and if you follow it, then you'll fulfill your destiny. And then Noah Wilde's like, "I don't, I can't talk to you about religion because that's going to get me fired." But yeah, there is ways, theoretical ways to time travel. It involves wormholes and loopholes and dimensional rifts and they kind of like draw a bunch of pictures to try to make it make sense and donnie's like okay yeah but then um no wiles character the biology teacher hands him a book it's like the theory of time travel by uh robin sparrow is the the author now the crazy old lady at the end of town the name on her mailbox said r sparrow so he's like oh my god that's the crazy old lady from uh down the street so he reads the book and now he gets all like hopped up on this time travel crap. Oh, wow. I'm going to time travel. It's going to be awesome. So that's all well and good, I guess. You know, you get some weird ideas when you're a teenager, especially, you know, if you're medicated, I assume it's even worse. Um, all right. So now him and uh, what's her fucking name? Gretchen go out on a date to uh, see Evil Dead. It's like because it's October. They got a, a pretty cool little theater in this town. It's showing like a uh, horror movie marathon. They sit down and start watching Evil Dead. It's awesome. 
While that's going on across town, Miss Parker's dance troupe, which includes uh, Donnie's younger sister, Samantha, are doing their big talent show uh, choreography dance situation. Very exciting. Uh, so basically the whole town is there, including, uh, Jim Cunningham, Patrick Swayze, and Donnie is at the movie theater with his girlfriend watching Evil Dead. The girlfriend falls asleep and that's when Frank shows up. And this is where we get the classic line. Donnie's kind of high and he's like, (laughs) why are you wearing a stupid bunny suit? And Frank replies, why are you wearing a stupid human suit? Uh, he then, uh, leads Donnie out of the movie theater Uh, down the street, back to Jim Cunningham's house, where Donnie runs in and pours gasoline all over everything and lights the place on fire, and then sleepwalks his ass right back to the movie theater and sits right back down next to Gretchen before she wakes up, thus solidifying his alibi. Good for him. Uh, In the meantime, the dance troupe, uh, I think it was called Sparkle Motion or something like that, (laughs) some horse shit, uh, wins the, the talent show. Very exciting. So now they get to go on some kind of a, they go to nationals or whatever, whatever the next step of the big talent show is. Okay. Uh, very cool. Next morning, Donnie wakes up and, uh, he sees the news that Jim Cunningham's house burnt down, but in the debris of the fire, the fire department found a bunch of child pornography. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, shit. Jim Cunningham, you fucked up now, you pervo. And he's being taken to jail, and it turns out he's the head of a child pornography ring. Now, you'll remember from earlier in the movie that Ms. Parker had, like, a huge hard-on for, uh, or I guess a wet pussy, I don't know, I don't know which way she was going, for Jim Cunningham. So, uh, as soon as Donnie sees that on the news, there's a knock on the door, and it's Ms. Parker, and she's like, oh my god, um, I have to be there for the arraignment. He, he, I can't let him do this alone. I know it's some kind of a setup or something. And Donnie's mom is like, okay. And then, uh, basically Ms. Parker asked Donnie's mom to take the girls to their nationals because she, remember, she was the, uh, uh, dance fucking team coach. And now she's got to go see Jim Cunningham's arraignment. So she's asking Donnie's mom to go take, take the team to nationals or whatever. So Donnie's mom reluctantly agrees. Dad's already out of town. Lo and behold, the mail shows up that day and the older sister got accepted to Harvard. Yay! And it just so happens to be Halloween night also, so they decide to throw themselves a rager there at the Darko house. Okay, very exciting. Invite all the bros and the dudes and the dude bros and the ladies and the the poontang. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, That night rolls around. Big parties uh, going on. They got a keg in the back. It's awesome. Um, Everybody's showing up in costume, too. It's pretty cool. Uh, This is when we're going to find out. In this part, you got to just kind of accept that uh, Donnie's older sister has a boyfriend named Frank. And he drives a red Camaro. It's played by... uh, What's his name? Duval there. You know that guy. You know who I'm talking about. It's one of the Duvals. Um, so he's like, yeah, oh, okay, very cool. Uh, everything's going swimmingly. Uh, Gretchen shows up, but she's a little distraught because I guess she can't find her mom and it looks like her house has been trashed. She called the cops and they said they can't do anything until 24 hours until then they can come do a missing persons report. 
I don't think that's accurate, but we'll go with it. Uh, this leads to a very Sidney Prescott, Skeet Ulrich kind of a scene of uh, Donnie and Gretchen having sex, I think, for the first time. Very cool. Up in the bedroom. Uh, by having, I mean, we don't get to see anything. But it's like, you know, the shirts are coming off and the pants are going down and the make-out music and all that stuff. It's all well and good. Uh, they come back downstairs about five minutes later and uh, Donnie just kind of gets, he, he's walking around and he sees a, uh, like a note on the refrigerator that says, Frank went to get beer. And then he remembers the countdown and the time of the end of the world. Holy shit, that's tonight. We're in big fucking trouble. Okay, how do we fix this? I don't know. Uh, so Donnie and Gretchen and uh, his two lackeys go hauling ass to uh, Robin Sparrow's house. He's like, I don't know. We just need to go there and we need to sort this whole shit out. She's going to tell us how to time travel, I guess. So they get there on their bikes just as Seth Rogen and his little bully friend are in there trying to break into her basement. Uh, they go in there and they're like, what the fuck's going on? They come out... Um, the bully is like like kicking Gretchen around. Uh, Seth Rogen is like beating up Donnie, and he's got a knife on the two friends. He's like, "Don't you fucking move! Don't you move!" Um, that's pretty creepy. A lot of little fisticuffs there. Here comes a car <clears throat> screaming down the, the little dirt road there, and uh, the bully gets off of Gretchen just in time. But Gretchen like looks up and gets run over by the car and killed. Uh, the car like does like a burnout. Oh shit. What happened? Um, the two bullies are like, Oh fuck, she's dead. So they just get on their bikes and haul ass. Um, the, uh, the two friends do the same thing that just leaves Donnie, uh, Gretchen who's dead and whoever is in the car who pops out of the car. You ask Frank himself wearing the fucking bunny suit. Uh, and he's got a friend with him too. And he's like, Oh my God, what did you do, Frank? What did you do? And Frank, the bunny just pops out and he's like, Oh, and he takes his, um, his mask off and we see that it's, uh, Duval. So, uh, Donnie has a freak out. He, he got, he took his dad's gun with him cause he figured something was about to go down and he shoots Frank right in the eyeball and kills him. Bang. Oh shit. Okay, now we're really fucked up. Uh, He loads up Gretchen's dead body and walks the dead body all the way back to his house uh, where there's already, you know, it's it's party aftermath there. Um, I'm not 100% sure what happens from here. Uh, It just kind of goes like into rewind. He like sits down next to Gretchen's body uh, and then he like puts his, runs his hands through his hair and he goes into like rewind mode. Uh, and he rewinds him, I guess, I don't know, um, while that, okay, while all that was going on, um, the dance troupe recital, nationals, whatever it was, got canceled, so mom and the, the daughter are on there flying a red, a red eye back to wherever we are, and, um, Oh, fucking hang out with me. That's about the time that Donnie decides to rewind everything because he killed Frank and Gretchen's dead. Uh, So he rewinds it all the way back to the point where he went to bed on the second night. And now he's just not taking his pills and he's just having a dandy of a time. Uh, And he just goes to bed. And this time, the whatever the fuck portal or chest worm thing, uh, wormhole thing opens up. 
and it sucks the engine off a of mom and daughter's plane and it drops it right on top of Donnie and this time he's actually crushed by it and killed and uh, Gretchen comes cruising by on her bike wondering what the hell's going on uh, and there's like you know his parents are in the front yard bawling their eyes out because their son is dead and that's pretty much the end of your movie right there oh fuck me okay a couple of things is it a good show sure i suppose i mean i'm not mad at it is it worth eight stars on imdb what is the what is the 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 draw of this movie i've talked to people that are just insane about donnie darko oh my god it's a modern masterpiece blah 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 why what's so great about it that's what i want to know it's fine it's uh it's a weird time loop movie there are much better ones out there if you ask me but I just I would like somebody to let me know what it is that I'm missing on Donnie Darko. Is it the nostalgia thing? I wasn't a huge fan of Scream when I watched it in the theaters uh, in 1996. I thought it was kind of mediocre at best. Watching it now, I like it a lot because it's more of a nostalgia jam. But what I don't I don't get that vibe at all from Donnie Darko. Um, it's it's fine. What with, with is there some kind of like hidden? Uh, truth behind it that the youth of our generation identifies with this knucklehead more than anybody else i don't think so man i didn't grow up in that kind of a house and i definitely wasn't medicated to that extent um let me know inmates i want somebody to let me know what the what's so hot about donnie darko because i don't I, I i i give it a meh i think at best all right that's that's your donnie darko i'm gonna take myself a little break here inmates i'll come back with some other stuff regulators you regulate any stealing of his property we're damn good too but you can't be any geek off the street gotta be handy with the steel if you know what i mean earn you keep regulators it was a clear black night a clear white moon when g was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the so I could get some phones Rolling in my ride Chilling all alone Just hit the east side of the LBC On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G Seen a car full of girls Ain't no need to tweak All of you search know what's up with 213 So I hooked a left On 21 and Lewis Some brothers shooting dice So I said let's do this I jumped out the rock And said what's up Some brothers pulled some gas So I said I'm stuck These girls peeping me I'm on glide and swerve These hookers looking so hard They straight hit the curve Want you bigger, better thing than some horny tricks I see my homie and some suckers all in his mix I'm getting jacked, I'm breaking myself I can't believe they taking Warren's wealth They took my rings, they took my Rolex I looked at the brother, said damn what's next They got my homie hemmed up and they all around Can't none of them see him if they going straight down for power They wanna come up real quick before they start to clown I best pull out my strap and lay them busters down They got guns to my head, I think I'm going down I can't believe it's happening in my own town if I had wings I would fly, let me contemplate I glance in the cut and I see my homie Nate Sixteen in the clip and one in the hole Nate Dog is about to make somebody's turn cold. Now they dropping and yelling, it's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate. I let my 
that explode Now I'm switching my mind back into freak mode If you won't skirt, sit back and observe I just left a gang of those over there on the curb Now they got the freaks and that's a known fact Before I got jacked, I was on the same track Back up, back up, cause it's on N-A-T-E-N-E, the woman to the G Just like I thought they were in the same spot In need of some desperate head A Nate Dogg and the G-Child were in need of something else. One of them games was sexy as hell I said, ooh, I like your size She said my chords broke down and just sing real nice Would you let me ride? I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, inmates. <clears throat> oh, I feel better. I got some water. Uh, I'm going to not have any more Celsius tonight, so I think uh, that'll be okay. And I've also got a meat hook to get into. Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook. Top three horror television shows. Um, mine are a little not what you think, I bet. I bet, you, I bet you're not going to see mine coming. But I've also got Jason's here also. Uh, let's see what Jason had at number three. Jason Harrell says number three, Stranger Things. Um, sure, I like Stranger Things. Um... I don't really, I don't know that I really call that, it's got horror elements, I think the first season was probably mostly horror, after that we dipped more into sci-fi adventure stuff, but uh, the Demogorgon I think is about as scary as you're going to get there in Stranger Things, um, I'm not mad at it, 
I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, not, not my favorite, though. Didn't, didn't make my list. My number three is actually a, uh, a sci-fi original, if you can believe that. It's a little show from way back. Only went about four seasons. You might remember it. It's called Channel Zero. Pretty fucking good show, especially considering it was on the... I, I don't remember if it was on the Sci-Fi Channel or if it was on that shitty uh, Chiller Network. Remember that fucking shit show? Um, if you can actually find it... Uh, right now, I think all four seasons are streaming on Shudder. There is some really creepy stuff in there. Pretend that that guy made out of teeth never happened because he's in there too, but it, it, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but... Four seasons, it's American Horror Story style, where like each season is its own thing. Uh, pretty good fucking show, dude. A lot of very unsettling moments. And not just like on a guttural level, like kids being ripped apart or anything. Just weird visual stuff that kind of sits with you and fucks you up a little bit. Uh, Jason's number two is The Outsider. Uh, which I believe was based on a Stephen King situation. Um... Jason Bateman, I think, plays a child molester, or he's accused of child molesting or something like that. Uh, it was an HBO series, so pretty good stuff. I'm sure it's great. I've never seen it myself, but has HBO ever put out a shitty show? I don't think so. Uh, there have been some that just weren't as popular as others, like that, uh, what was it, Charlie in Seattle or Charlie from Cincinnati, whatever that weird one was, the surfer guy that could levitate. Um other than that, I don't think I've ever seen a bad show on HBO. There's things that just weren't for me. Like Sex in the City, for example. But that's a whole other thing. Uh, right on. My number two, speaking of HBO shows, Tales from the Crypt, the original. I've got all nine seasons on DVD. And uh, there's plenty of boobs in there. And, uh, you know, cussing and violence and everything else that you want when you're 12 years old. Nostalgic for me. Uh, and I'll go ahead and throw in um, Bordello of Blood and Demon Knight also. Those are d- decent shows. Um, plenty of boobs and blood in there, too. Don't mind telling you. I've seen those many times. Um, they, I mean, they're okay for a kid because there was always that kind of ironic twist at the end. And the episodes are only a half hour. So, uh, despite the, the nudity and stuff, pretty good show. More, more, I would say probably more nostalgic for me. Um I think I think that originally started in 1992. It ran for like five, six years, though. So that's good stuff. Uh, Jason's number one is going to be Friday the 13th, the series. That's that's an interesting choice. I didn't think he would go that route. Um, it, wow. Okay, so that, that, fuck, if I remember right, that was like late 80s. Had nothing to do at all with uh, Jason Voorhees or Crystal Lake. It was an anthology uh, series, more like the X Files, if I remember right. There was like a hot redhead and her, uh, you know, doofus companion, and they were like trying to track down mystic mystical artifacts, if I remember right. And uh, that that always led them to like uh, haunted scarecrows and uh, you know leprechauns. Shit like that. Where I'm sure there was a werewolf episode in there somewhere. I never really got into it that much. I thought that it was made for TV. So I felt like that it would kind of water down a little bit. And you already knew it was going to happen. You know, at the very beginning. The start of the show. 
they're going to battle whatever haunted leprechaun or scarecrow or whatever. They're going to get the uh, artifact and then they're going to put it in, in their vault thing again, which I think was ran by their uncle or something. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, anyway, that's, that's an interesting choice. Uh, my number one is, of course, American Horror Story. Um, man, to go, what are we on? Season 12 now? I'm, through, I'm two seasons behind right now. I got to watch... Uh, what double feature in New York and pretty soon this, this delicate, whatever the shit this is all about. I love the way that they all are starting to, they all tie together. They've been tying together for a while, but each uh, season is its own thing. They bring the actors back. Usually some of whichever ones they can get. And then they kind of, they, it's like a spider web really, but like the, the, their, their take on ghosts is great. Um, you know, you've got like some slasher elements, uh, if I had to pick a favorite season right now, uh, right shooting from the hip, I'm going to have to stick with Coven. Coven's got everything you want. It's got uh, zombies, voodoo, uh, there's some ghost stuff in there. It's, dude, Coven, right? Uh, second favorite probably be Hotel, um, 1984. I, I got I, I to buckle down and I got to watch the fucking uh, double feature and then New York. I got double feature on Blu-ray, and I got to get with my. Uh, well, that's a whole other thing, dude. Watch the, if you can if you can power through the first season and see if you like it or not. If you like the first season, you're in. You're all in. You're you're in for a penny. You're in for a penny. Go watch them all. Even Roanoke, man. Everybody hated Roanoke. I wasn't mad at it. I thought it was all right. I didn't necessarily like the way they broke the formula and tried to do something new, but I can't fault him for it. I thought it was all right. Don't judge me, you fuckers. All right. That's your uh, meat hook for the weekend, mates. It is uh, top three horror TV shows. Let me know whenever you get a chance. Uh, mail at paddedroompodcast.com or just go to paddedroompodcast.com. Click the contact link. Booyah. Or I think there's a three on a meat hook link also. You can put it, put it in right there. It'll get to me either way. I would love to know what your top three uh, horror TV shows are. All right. In the meantime, I think it's time we got ourselves to the Terra Dome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to get crazy. I'll kill you all. Let's dream come true. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes. The devil. Welcome to the Terra Dome. 
First, last week's winners. Singles competition, we had the Babadook versus Frank Zito. The pressure had become too much. His mother's constant snipping in his own head, the Babadook's late-night visitations, plus the constant pursuit of NYPD detectives. His mind had finally broken. The mannequins were coming to life, and behind them, the dark thing at the foot of his bed laughing. With a vote of 4-3, to three, the Babadook advances over Frank Zito. I don't know how that goes any other way, to be honest with you. I don't... Is the Babadook just a figment of somebody's overworked imagination? If so, then you have to give it to the Babadook because Frank Zito has the worst overworked imagination ever. And that's why he's out killing prostitutes and stuff and scalping them, which isn't cool. Uh, Let's take a look at this week's matchup, inmates. As usual, bear with me, I'm not much of a writer. Jesse Lee was on the run again, more so from himself than anyone else. After the events of West Texas, he lost it all. Homer, Severin, May, and Diamondback, they'd all been destroyed after May tried to bring an outsider into the family. He takes refuge with a traveling carnival, working nights as a carny. His new family doesn't ask why he doesn't come out during the day, and he doesn't ask about the funhouse operator's son, a convenient arrangement until some locals go missing. Seemed a group of kids attempted to spend the night in the haunt saw some things they shouldn't have, and found out just what was underneath the monster's mask. Now the authorities are holding the carnival over until the kids are found. The carnies know what happened and they're not talking, but Jesse Lee just might. Singles competition, we have Jesse Lee from Near Dark versus The Monster from Funhouse. Uh, I gotta go with Jesse Lee on this one. Um, The Monster, a scary dude, but not really a monster. Well... I think I think he's just a deformed guy, really, and a horny one, and uh, he doesn't like being made fun of. So, other than that, I don't think he's really got much going on for him as far as, like, superpowers or anything. He's tough, I'll give you that, and uh, probably a little bit stronger than he should be. But, come on, Jesse Lee's a vampire. But he's not a traditional vampire. Uh, he's got, like, he doesn't have fangs. Um, I don't know, I guess he, he's immortal right except for sunlight because he lived since the civil war i got i'm you know i'm i'm gonna stick to my guns on this one and stick with uh jesse lee that's your tarot dome match for the weekend mates as usual get me your votes by next week if you can mental health hotline is area code 775-387-0275 or the old uh paddedroompodcast.com hit the tarot dome link and vote for whoever you like my friends in the meantime while you're contemplating that matchup I got to tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment called What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Yeah, buddy. Uh, how about The Barn 2 from 2022? You've seen The Barn. Uh, we did it on Halloween month a couple months ago. Uh, I actually think this one's better than the first, be honest with you. The budget is there. A lot of uh, little horror cameos popping up there. Uh, Joe Bob Briggs is in it. Darcy the Male Girl's in it. Um, that fucking uh, Doug Bradley's in it for a second or two. Um, the acting was quite a bit better than the first one. Special effects were better than the first one. Um, 
Ending's a little wacky. They, uh, eh. Ending's a little wacky, but I still liked it better than the first one. The first one was very uh, shot in my backyard kind of a thing. Not that I have any room to talk since I actually did make a movie in my backyard. Uh, I, uh, I'll be honest, I, th- I think I liked it better than the first one. It's really hard to find, though. I uh, Jason Harrell bought a copy off of eBay. I think he had to pay like 75 bucks for it, but he got it. He let me borrow it. I watched it. Pretty good show. Uh, I also watched The Outwaters from 2022. Found footage film about uh, some artsy-fartsy kids hiking in the desert where they happen upon a dimensional rift. And uh, it, it I think it makes one of them go crazy, but there's like tentacles involved. Um, that, it's not very good. It's cheap as shit, obviously. Um it relies very heavily on like psychedelic montages and flashing lights and shit. So I get it. You don't have a lot of money in your effects budget. Um, how about a, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just my personal preference, but if you, if you can't afford to show us the monster, how about a less is more approach instead of like trying to dazzle us with all these jump cuts and upside down situations and spinny camera things. How about you just, uh, you know, do like the Blair Witch, show us a cactus. <laughs> I, I realize that sounds ridiculous, but you know what I'm talking about. There's a monster over there. Oh, shit, I dropped my camera. Okay. And then you just hear somebody screaming, running off in the distance. I'll take that over a bunch of psychedelic stuff, man. It kind of gave me a headache. Not that good. I think I watched that on Tubi. And uh, lastly, I watched Bad Things from 2023. This one just hit Shudder. Um, started off promising. Couple couple of issues here. Um, so it's it's basically about a young lady, I think, who inherits a hotel, and her and her friends are going to go there. It's completely. It's been abandoned for like a year. Uh, she inherits it. She's going to go to the hotel and her and her friends are going to see if it's worth trying to fix up and run as a business or if they should just sell the place. Molly Ringwald is in this one. She looks fucking good, man. I gotta be honest with you. Maybe it was just her hair and makeup, but, um, she's got to be in her sixties, I think. Right. She, I thought she looked pretty good. Um, so here, okay, I'm gonna, I'm I'm just gonna come out and say it. <laughs> uh, let me strike a blowhard pose here. Um, there are more than there's an actress in this movie who has clearly transitioned. Okay, that's fine. Do by all means, you do you. Um, I guess the problem that I have is because the relationship of that the character that that actress uh is portraying is like it's very hard okay fuck how do i say this without sounding like a fucking homophobe i I don't know what's going on i guess is what's happening there's supposedly a love triangle happening here but you have one actress who is clearly transitioned you have another actress who is clearly possibly also transitioning the other way and there's like, it's very, if there wasn't a love triangle involved in this, the central plot here, I would be perfectly fine to just say, hey, you guys do, you know, whatever, 
check out the old hotel, but because this one is worried about that one cheating on her and that one actually cheating on him, and like I get, it's very confusing. Now, more to the point, it would be much easier, I think, for most of us if we if they just said, "Hey, uh, you're playing a character that has transitioned." That way, we're not trying to figure out if she has, she, quote-unquote, has, or if that's just a guy in drag and that's part of his character. So, because, I mean, dude, <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, that, uh, if it, Okay, so there's a bikini scene involved, which uh, also, so we get to see this, quote-unquote, actress in a bikini, and then that makes it even more confusing because there's, it's clearly not a female anatomy right there. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, um, but there's some wide shoulders and some big hands involved. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, that's a guy dressed up like a chick. I don't know. I don't know. If they would, if they would just say, hey, uh, good thing you transitioned. Now we can have this relationship. Okay, now I know. At least I know what you're trying to portray. But instead, you just left it out there in this ambiguous um, gender fog, and now I can't figure out what the fuck is going on, and who's with who, and why, and it's very confusing, man, and it's, the, the, the story was pretty creepy, but that whole love triangle situation just pulled me right out of it, because I was too busy trying to figure out who's fucking who, and why, and what what kind of, I don't know, I don't know, you put me in, you put me in the story, and now I'm trying to, to make left or right of it, and I can't, other than to possibly beat off to Molly Ringwald, which I don't even know if I can anymore. I don't, okay, I don't, all right. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say skip it, but I would like somebody else to watch this and give me their opinion on it, just so that I know I'm not a crazy homophobe or something like that. I don't think I am, but who knows? I'm not qualified to make that statement. All right, anyway, that's what I'm looking at this weekend, mates. Uh, How about some immersion therapy then, yeah? Immersion therapy. Did anybody get a chance to watch Yummy on Shudder? It is from 2019. It's a pretty good show. Uh, zombie outbreak in a plastic surgery clinic. A cheap, cheap one at that. Um, horror comedy, obviously. I thought it, I got some chuckles out of it. Uh, the guy that's there for his penis enlargement, of course. Gets his dick uh, set on fire and then frozen with a fire extinguisher just as he's on the point of using it for the first time. That was kind of sad. Um, good to, I, th- I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, it isn't the funniest thing I've ever seen, but for, uh, uh, what is it, Danish? I said Danish zomb- zombity, zombie comedy. I thought it was, it. I got some chuckles out of it. And the zombies were pretty gnarly too. Uh, streaming on Shutter right now, if you're interested, check that out. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be Arkham Sanitarium, quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, Soul Eater from 2014, starring Shannon Brown and Rinsky Carrasco, uh, directed by Jillian Grant. Find this bad guy streaming on Tubi. I'm going to do the same thing, inmates. I'm going to watch this movie, and then you and I can compare notes next week, see what we thought of it. But in the meantime, 
You must now educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Well, I am a, uh, I happen to live in a horror destination that was made famous by a movie. I'm trying to make a few bucks by selling, you know, uh, memorabilia from this destination online. And now I've decided to move up to the big leagues and start offering tours. Uh, everything's sounding pretty good so far. I got my inaugural tour, tour headed out. And uh, I probably shouldn't have brought as much alcohol or drugs because shit's going to get really weird and a rival tour group just might get their heads kicked in and uh, tied together in the middle of the night. I am, of course, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. Not a bad movie. I know a lot of people are pissed off at it. Tony, I'm talking to you. I get it. It's not in the vein of the uh, Blair Witch Project, but it is... It can be considered canon. There's a reason for that. And I'm not going to waste your time with it again because I've already done the whole shit. But uh, if I, I, I always got a kick out of that one. I thought it was a pretty good show. Uh, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, my girlfriend and I were on a road trip. Everything was going pretty smoothly. I was thinking about proposing, but we'll get more to that in a second. Uh, we pulled over so she could take a leak. And we started like right next to this big wheat field. And we started hearing uh, the voice of a kid calling out from the wheat that they were lost. So I went in there to try to grab the kid. And before you know it, I got all fucked up. And now I can't find my way out of this wheat field. Pretty soon, here comes my girlfriend to find me. Now we're both all screwed off. And every time like I yell to her, it sounds like her voice is coming from a different direction. And we got to try to find our way back to the car or the kid or each other at least. Or just get the hell out of here somehow at this point. One of us should. Who might I be, you asking, mates? Tune in next week and I will drop some knowledge on you. In the meantime, I think that's about going to do it for me this week. Thank you guys very much for tuning in and joining me. Uh, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps our visibility if you could. If you could take a second to do that. Uh, we also have a Patreon campaign running full of all kinds of prize tiers. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com. You'll find everything you need to know about us our affiliate programs, and all of the other shit that we do. And uh, Tony's disgusting pictures, I think, are on there also. They're actually quite flattering, usually. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, for oh, uh, join me next week for Final Girls, here closing out Buddy's time loop birthday month situation. Uh, in the meantime, inmates for Jason Harrell in absentia, Buddy also in absentia, um, Fucking people that get lost in vegetation and can't seem to find their way out. Uh, Killer clowns. Um, The director's cuts of movies that we didn't think we needed but might actually be pretty good. Uh, Bizarro fucking wormholes that I guess just leak right out of your chest and take you upstairs to your dad's gun box. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Put my hands up, dance with the heat drive.